the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley in for Brother Bert Harper, and it's my privilege who the gentleman was in town the last couple of days is at home now, I think, Dr. Alex McFarland. Hi, Alex. Uh, well, hello, Brother Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, amen. We got home safely, Angie and I did, after a very special week down there at AFR for uh, some recording, for some broadcasting, and it was my privilege to participate in a board meeting with Tim and the different uh, people, and so it's a blessing, but we're home safely. And uh, for those that are watching online, I don't know if they can see, but guess what I've got on my jacket today, Jim? Well, brother, I'm not sure because I see me right now. Okay. Well, I've got on my AFR Christmas button. It says, Jesus, our living hope, Merry Christmas. And already people... Uh, it's conversation starter is what it is. I was able to share earlier with somebody about the Christmas buttons today, and in wishing somebody a Merry Christmas, you can uh, talk about the gospel. Amen. You know, we've done those for for several years now, and at one time I had a complete set uh, of them through the years. I have seen this year's button but unfortunately, I haven't gotten mine yet, so I'm behind the time on that. I'll have to. Well, brother, have to do I that. can send you one. <laughs> I think I know a supplier. Yes, it, it, exactly. And uh, so the camera's on for those that are watching online, and it is a blessing that we can not only broadcast with radio, but this is the the sweetest little button. And uh, anyway. You can get those on the, the AFA Resource Center, and it really is a conversation starter. Yeah. You know, I, this is the first time for me to be on camera with you, and first time to be—I've I've been on camera on uh, Trivia Friday, but fortunately right. it wasn't focused on me that much. However, now I have to be careful because I have a tendency, because of the way our microphones are, that I can just kind of turn in my seat, and it's almost like I'm swinging on a swing. You know, I just go back and forth and back and forth. So again, I'm going to have to hold myself still, I guess. Well, we get excited. We get animated. And folks, we're in John 17. We're going to begin John 17 today. If you're just tuning in, this is Exploring the Word, Alex McFarlane and Jim Stanley. And Jim, I love John 17. But before we get into the scripture, I've got to say one more thing. Angie and I were down in Tupelo at AFR this week. What a blessing. I had... No exaggeration, no embellishment, but Monday I had like the best meal I've had in years. A dear friend of mine cooked us a meal. Uh, Colette and Jim Stanley fed us at their house, and we had we had the best meal, the best fellowship. But Jim, I just want to say thanks for some of the most delicious smoked meat that I've, I've ever had. Well, you're very kind. It was it was our pleasure to do it. You know. Um, I know that we had talked about doing it before, and so this time I said, you know what, let's let's just go ahead and do that. And so it, it was our privilege to have you in our home. You were a blessing to us, as was Bert and Jan. Well, you're a good cook, but uh, let's get to something spiritual here. Amen. And we're, we're going to read John 17, and folks, here's a little context. Jesus is really on his way to the cross, mm-hmm. and he very shortly he would be crucified, but he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you, for you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one of you, each one that you have given him. All right, he goes on, and I love the words there. He says, Father, I've finished the work you gave me to do. Jim, wouldn't it be good that each one of us when, whenever our life on this earth is done, that we could say we have completed the work that God has given us to do. Amen. You know, that when Paul tells us, you know, that to them that overcome is the crown of life, um, you know, I've, I've finished the race. 
Paul talks about himself that he's getting ready, to, you know, to be uh, given. And so it is one of those things, you know, to have the confidence that I have finished the work. But in our in our examples, though, as us as as persons, it's our personal experience that we will not have finished the work until he calls us home because our target is a moving target. We are called to make disciples. And that is an open-ended phrase that we are called to make disciples and bring people to the Lord. You know, so for us, and we should be found working when he comes. Well, absolutely. And, you know, there are always people to be one to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's always somebody to uh, not only witness to, but help disciple. And so, look, this is a great reason to live. I mean, God has given us a purpose in life as believers, and every Christian has a significant role to play in the Great Commission. But I want to read on here in John 17. Uh, what's amazing about this, and if you look it up in your Bible, it's it's in red. These are the words of Christ. And it's very often called the high priestly prayer of Jesus, Mm -hmm. because Jesus is not only the Savior, but he is our high priest. And this is so different, because priests in Israel had made sacrifices uh, and then gone before God, and uh, in a way, the sacrificial system, Jim, I'm just going to say it would have been very burdensome. Now, thank the Lord that there was a way for sin to be covered, and all of this was pictorial of the Savior that would come, and as John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God, Jesus, that would take away the sin of the world. But Jim, have you ever thought about hundreds of years, thousands of sacrificial animals? I mean, there's, it's bloody. There are carcasses to be disposed of. Um, I would think that the people, when the Savior came and the debt was paid, they would have said, hallelujah, thank you, God. Now, you know, we don't have to do all of this. The the minutia of the law has been fulfilled. We just turn and put our faith in the, the Lamb of God, Jesus. I would think salvation from sin and the conclusion of the Levitical system would have been a source of great, great gratitude and obedience. It seems like it would have, and, you know, for us, that's that's what we want to be. Um, we are called to be the priest of our own homes, and we use Christ as the example of that. Alex, you know, we're coming up on the part of the Scripture here in just a moment that we're going to get to it where Jesus prays for the disciples. And as you mentioned, this is considered the high priestly prayer, but a lot of folks think of this as the quote-unquote actual Lord's Prayer and that the what's referred to commonly as the Lord's Prayer is a... Um, the model prayer. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, we want to get to that. I, I want to reiterate the previous point, though. This is what makes Jesus so unique. S- priests had made the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself is the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about this. Um, Jesus is our advocate before the Father. Jesus is the one, because fully God, fully man, that he could, yes, he was human, touched in all pains and points like we, but yet fully God. And, I mean, this is amazing. And folks, let me just say this. What we have in the Christian worldview, the biblical worldview, this is utterly unique in the pantheon of world religions. I mean, there are uh, hundreds of religions that say, do this, don't do that. But in Christianity, you've got God that took on a human body, was nailed to the cross, the sin of the world was put onto Jesus, that's 2 Corinthians 5.21, and by faith we can be forgiven. And the one who made the sacrifice, is the sacrifice. Mm. And the one that reconciles us with the Father is the only one who could reconcile. Now, I've got to say one last thing. And again, Jesus finished the work God sent him to do, praying for the church and the disciples. But there's a way back in Job chapter 9, and this is Job 9, 32 and 33. 
This is so wonderful, and Jim, I'll throw it to you, but i got to get on my little soapbox here. Job is suffering. Job wants to be reconciled to God and figure out the pain he's going through. And Job has the agonizing heart cry that many humans could relate to. Oh, if there were a daysman, D-A-Y-S-M-A-N, says the old King James, but it really means a mediator. And Job cries out in Job 9, if there only were somebody that could take my hand and reach the hand of God and be the bridge to connect me back to God, uh, it's the, the word from which we get the word umpire, and it means decider. Jesus is that mediator between God and man. And Jim, in the pantheon of world beliefs, this is utterly, absolutely unique. It absolutely is, and it's the only sacrifice that would cover our sin. You know, we read through the Bible, and you were talking about the uh, priest had made the sacrifices, but that Jesus was the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That is the only sacrifice that would be acceptable unto the Father because he was pure. He took our sin on, but he had never sinned. He took our sin on so that he could pay the price for our sin, that he could rescue us from hell and death. And so you're absolutely right. He is unique in that he was the only one that could pay that price and then also rise on the third day that we would Mm. have hope of life everlasting through him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And that's true. And folks, if you're wondering, you know, is this really real? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm uh, we, we're not going to do it in the context of this show, but one of the things that we often talk about, Bert Harper and I and Jim Stanley and I, we, we talk about the evidence. This is historical. You know, I know Tim Wildman has led many trips to the Holy Land, and uh, Angie and I have been once. Um, <laughs> we were there, and we visited 72 biblical sites on our trip, Jim. Uh, David fought Goliath, Peter... Uh, from Capernaum, the synagogues where Jesus preached, the hillside where he taught the Beatitudes. I mean, this is real. It is. This, is. this is reality, folks. And that's why we so passionately proclaim, put your faith in Jesus. Well, and Alex, if I remember correctly, you went with some pretty esteemed folks yourself on that trip. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Jesus more as we continue on exploring the Word Here on American Family Radio, I'm Jim Stanley. He's Dr. Alex McFarland, and you can see us on Facebook on Exploring the Word. Thanks. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Brenda Sue Fulton, Assistant Secretary of Veterans Affairs for Public and Intergovernmental Affairs. Her office works with the Veterans Administration and their more than 400,000 employees serving our nation's veterans and their families. 2 Timothy 4.2 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Brenda Sue Fulton as she works to assist America's veterans. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. If you want to attack your problems at the root, Dr. Tony Evans says you may have to dig deeper than you expected. He'll describe the otherworldly causes of your worldly problems as we spend two minutes with Tony. The battle in which you and I are engaged is essentially spiritual. However, even though it's spiritual in its cause, it is physical in its effect. In other words, the reason you know you're in a spiritual war is you are bleeding. The blood is real. Many of us are suffering today because of unresolved anger that never got dealt with yesterday, and we just think, well, you did me wrong, when really Satan has gotten a hold of our emotions and is destroying our ability to function because it's a spiritual opportunity that was granted by the devil. Many of us are facing it in our 
family lives. We're facing it all the way back to Adam and Eve. You know the first family was sucked in by the devil. But the Bible even relates the devil to the sexual relationship between a husband and wife. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, Stop depriving one another except by agreement for a time that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control. He talks about the fact that when a husband and wife don't have a dynamic physical life, the devil is looking at that as an opportunity to come in and to bring about moral deterioration in the family. So it gets down to the raw, everyday aspects of life. Learn how to tell when your problems are really just symptoms of the invisible spiritual battle going on around us. Check out Tony's book, Warfare, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Jim Stanley, Alex McFarland, we're back. Those listening by radio, those listening online, and those watching online. And by the way, you can uh, go to the website and the Facebook page for Exploring the Word and American Family Radio Network. Lots of ways to avail yourself to the content produced here. And let me just say one quick word, and we're going to get back to John 17. On AFR.net, shows like this are archived, and you can listen to today's issues and the Addisons and the Hamilton Corner and... Uh, exploring the Word, so much content. And maybe you say, gee, I want to hear that again, or you want to forward it to somebody, share it with somebody. You say, well, that would be a blessing to somebody I know. Well, do that, and we just praise God for, well, we have a message. We do. We have a message. It's Jesus. It's the biblical worldview. It's restoring our culture with truth, and so we hope you'll uh, listen and join us in sharing this. But uh, Jim and John 17, fascinating. This is a rather lengthy uh, 25 verses. And Jesus says, you know, Father, I've finished the work you've given me to do. And it's interesting. Uh, verse 5, Father, uh, bring me back to the glory we shared before the world began. That's, that's how modern translations render it. The King James says uh, that Jesus... He says, the, the glory we had before the world was. Mm-hmm. Now, this is amazing. The Lord is saying something that none of us could say, that he existed prior to the world. See, none of us could say that, but Jesus legitimately could. This speaks to his eternality and his deity, that as he rises from the dead, ascends back to heaven, he will once again uh, share in the presence of the Father with the glory that they had together from eternity past. And Jim, I know this is a lot, this is kind of a lot to get our mind around, but some amazing statements Christ is making here in John 17. Well, it absolutely is, but the fact that he is reminding people that he said he had come from the Father, you know, that the Father had sent him. And now he's preparing, as you mentioned a moment ago, Um, He's preparing for that time where he's going to be at Calvary. And here he's saying, you know, restore me, as you said, to the same position he had, you know, before he came into the world. Uh, Paul tells us there in Philippians that Jesus did not think it anything to set that glory aside so that he might have the that he might obey the father and come and pay for our sins. And so you're absolutely right. That's huge. Uh, the fact yes. that he knows where he came from, he knows what work he was supposed to do, and he's telling the Father, I have finished what you've set out for me. Um, and then it goes on there in verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto me, the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Mm. Now, he's not saying they've kept 
his word, but he's reminding the father that he came for these men, he came for these women, and they have been faithful to the words you have given me, as Jesus says to the father, they have kept thy word. Uh, Alex, I mean, this, we could spend days just in these verses, you know, um, where we could simply take and and pour over each verse and dig all of of what we can out of those. But, brother, there is some deep, deep stuff here. Well, yes, and keep in your mind, folks, when we speak of the incarnation of Jesus, that Jesus is fully God, Mm -hmm. he didn't cease to be God, but yet he was always clear that he was there to do the work of the Father. Now, Jesus is our example, right? Uh, All throughout life, there are times that we're going to need to be humble and obedient. Um, If you're a child, obedient to your parents or your teachers. As an employee, respectful and obedient to your supervisor and your boss. And Jim, I know that's a hard thing to do. It cuts across the grain of our, you know, will sometimes. Mm -hmm. But let's remember, you, you read the Gospels and you never see Jesus pull rank. All right, even when contending with the Pharisees and all, and they were very accusatory, um, you know, Jesus never says, uh, hey, do you realize who you're talking to? I'm the Son of God. But he always says, very humbly, obediently, I'm here to do the will of the Father. And he says, Father, I've manifested you to these. I've told them all the things you said to me. I gave them your word. And, you know, it's just very beautiful. It says in verse 8 that, For I have given unto them the words you gave me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out of thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Now, in verse 21, we're going to get something very similar to that again. But let me just say, in terms of our Lord Jesus, who fully God And yet, down here in this sojourn of earth, he was fully yielded to and obedient to the Father. Jim, there's a lesson in that for us, isn't there? Oh, there absolutely is. And, you know, as you continue, or as we continue to read these verses, um, you know, verse 7, now I'm looking at the Amplified for a moment, now at last... They know and understand that all you have given me belongs to you, is really and truly yours. For the uttered words that you gave me, I have given them. They have received and accepted them and have come to know positively and in reality to believe with that absolute assurance that I came forth from your presence and they have believed and are convinced you did send me. Now comes to the prayer part. I am praying for them. I am not praying or requesting for the world, but for those you have given me, for they belong to you. All things that are mine are yours, and all things that are yours belong to me, and I am glorified in or through them. They have done me honor. In in them, my glory is achieved. Alex, if we really think about that, if we really look into that, You know, Jesus is not only praying for the disciples at that time, but he's looking through through the future because he knows everything that was, is, and will be. He's looking to the future where he he even equips, he's prayed for you and us at this point, and we know that he's actively praying for us now. Amen. Well, when we get down there to verse 20 of John 17, Jesus says, and, and, you know, the disciples would have been nearby, but he says, I pray not for them only, but for those who will believe mm-hmm. because of their testimony. And, of course, you know, here we are today, 20 centuries removed, and we are the present link in the gospel chain that goes all the way back to the time of the apostles. My goodness, you know, Peter preached at Pentecost, and uh, Joseph of Arimathea went to Wales and began to evangelize Europe, and Thomas went to India. And um, folks, two things I want to put out here. For one, uh, now it's our hour, if you will. You know, we are the beneficiaries of faithful folk that have come 
centuries before us and obeyed. And God knows it. Look, Jim, have you ever seen this wonderful thing where they talk about, um, you know, uh, D.L. Moody got saved, and R.A. Torrey got saved, and Billy Sunday got saved, and Mordecai Ham got saved, and then Billy Graham got saved. And, you, and of course, Billy Graham, you know, led millions to Christ, but it was this chain. And my dear friend, the reason I'm saying that is you, you just have no idea. Um, as Adrian Rogers would say, more hangs on your obedience than you could ever imagine. Mm. That seed you sow, that witness, even just sharing Merry Christmas and just gently nudging somebody back to church— Oh my goodness, that can set in motion a glorious chain of events that can last after you and I are gone from this world. But one one more thing I got to say, and I won't chase this rabbit, but for just a second. Over and over, the Lord says, Father, I gave them the words you gave me. Mm -hmm. I've... I've not held anything back. I've given them the full counsel. And remember, Jesus said to the disciples, um, I call you not servants, but friends, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have told you all things. Jesus said that. Now, the reason I'm saying that, Jim, is, and, and I won't belabor this but a second, but here goes. There are ministers that don't preach the full counsel of God. There are churches and ministries now that have decided certain things in the Bible that once were seen as sin or not sin anymore. We've mm. declassified. Look, they're doing something even Jesus didn't do. Jesus did not diminish or truncate the words of the Father, but he said, I have told you everything the Father said to do. Now, if the Lord himself would not rewrite or edit out Scripture, how could we? Let's give our generation the complete message of the gospel as found in the 66 books of the Bible. Amen. And you know, earlier you were talking about the Bible and how it's a book of do's. I remember Mike Warnke one time saying that um, the, the Bible's not a book of don'ts, it's a book of do's. And if we spend our time doing the do's, then we don't have enough time to do the don'ts. And, you know, that's that's, that's humorous, um, and it is. Mike was a comedian. Uh, there were many things about him that uh, were untrue, if you will, but I really believe that the Lord used him at different times. I mean, oh, yes. goodness, you know, the Lord could use Balaam's donkey. He's used me. So I'm sure Mike had, had some good swings in there as well. And Amen. the thing about the—that's one other thing. When we look into the Word of God— his gifts and callings are without repentance. In other, in other words, he's never sorry he gave us those gifts. That's not to say we won't be held accountable for misusing them, but we do have to, you know, he's not sorry he did it. And if, if we do like Alex said and we te- just simply teach the Word of God, you know, a lot of times we like to editorialize. We, we give our opinions about different things. But as long as we give you the pure gospel in there as well, then uh, I think that that we're okay there because we're not just teaching our words. I mean, goodness, look at all the books that Alex has, and those are a lot and and really great study helps, and I recommend them highly. But it's not those books alone because he bases those books on gospel truth. And so I'd invite you to visit alexmcfarland.com, alexmcfarland.com. You can find some of those resources there. You can also find some at the AFA store. But um, also while you're at alexmcfarland.com, you can find how to bring that itinerant preacher, if you will, to your neighborhood. Well, Jim, you're so kind. You're so kind. Uh, Liz, I want to read from John 17, verse 13. Jesus says, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak to the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Oh, this is beautiful, folks. Listen, Jesus says, I have given them thy word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from evil, okay, or the evil. Mm -hmm. Now, there's no promise that we're going to be delivered from pain and persecution sometimes, but I tell you what we can avoid is falling prey to 
this sinful world or discouragement or things like that. But this is beautiful. Jesus is praying, John 17, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Again, there's a lot here. Jesus didn't avoid the cross. He went there, and he did that out of obedience to the Father and love for us. We've got our cross to bear. We've got our path to walk. But, Jim, if there's anything that just leaps off the page, John 17, 17, Jesus attesting to God's revelation, thy word is truth. Hey, it still is truth, isn't it? It sure is. And, you know, I I believe you got through verse 19, and for their sakes I sanctify myself so that they may also be sanctified in truth. Alex, break down that word sanctified, uh, because that's one of our Christianese words, and sometimes we don't understand entirely what that means. Well, the the word sanctify means to set apart. Uh, It's for a specific purpose, a specific um, item. By the way, here's one way to think about it. Maybe you've got your everyday dishes, and then you've got the, the, the fine china that Mama only brings out on special occasions. Well, those plates are sanctified. They've got a specific use, and they're set aside for that. And if you're a born-again believer, you have a purpose, and God has set you apart, and he has a plan for your life. Now, you you might—it's not hard to realize that God has a, a call on the life of Billy Graham or David Jeremiah. Uh, those guys, yeah, they're sanctified. But no, every believer uh, is— called out. Uh, Jim, a a similar word to sanctify is the word ecclesia, Mm -hmm. the church, the called out assembly. Now, Jesus, he had a very specific mission. He says, for their sakes, I sanctify myself. Now, what was he mean? He says, look, I've come here to preach the word and then to pay for sins and go to the cross. He says, just as, as he was sanctified to his call, we've got to be sanctified to ours. And, and Jim, sanctification used to be, you'd hear about churches and they'd say, we're, we're the sanctified. I think we need to get some sanctification all over again. Amen. That we, we born-again believers, we're not to be of this world, but we're to change this world. Amen. Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley with Dr. Alex McFarland. We'll take your phone calls next at 888-589-8840. The increase in gender confusion and the decision to physically alter one's birth sex has risen by over 3,000% in males in the last 10 years and over 5,000% for females. This tragedy is overwhelming. I'm Sam Rohr, host of Stand in the Gap Weekend, heard Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. Join me and Brian Osborne from Answers in Genesis as we address the theme, When Trans People Regret Transitioning, Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. Do you want your life to really matter? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. You want to make the rest of your life the best of your life? It's not going to happen unless you put God's action plan into practice in your life. And you will have the experience one day of standing before the Lord and hearing him say to you, well done. Discover how you can hear God say, well done. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart each weeknight at 6 Central here on American Family Radio. In a world where no one can tell us no. To this day, every human being born on this planet is the product of a male and a female. That's the way God set it up. God created us in his image. A place where Facebook and YouTube have no control. I think the command in scripture relative to men and women is not mainly women sit down, but men stand up, act like men, lead as you're supposed to. A place where we can no longer be canceled. When the scripture speaks, God speaks. And if you understand that rightly, then everything else simply falls into place. The American Family Association presents the AFA streaming platform. 
Just visit streaming.afa.net for the latest films, documentaries, and AFA original productions. You'll even find videos from some of your favorite talk shows. All you have to do is create a free account at streaming.afa.net. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Full weaponization of the federal government to crush a political opponent. Politicians and a political party that build themselves as pro-life while refusing to actually do what's in their power to stop the killing of little babies. The successful and unrelenting advance of regressivism. All of these are signs that our national condition is not merely a natural phenomenon. It's spiritual. Civic engagement without spiritual engagement produces political roller coasters. National course correction will only come by national repentance. We must elevate him. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, 14. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. The number, if you've got a Bible question, toll-free nationwide, the number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We would love to hear from you and get your Bible question. We do want to say Merry Christmas. We know it's coming up soon, and I just hope that you're reflecting on Jesus and just the love of, of Christ that he would come into this world and We hope you have a very wonderful and joyous Jesus-filled Christmas. But right now, your calls and questions, 888-589-8840 on Exploring the Word. All right, good afternoon, folks. 888-589-8840. James, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, James. Hey, uh, hey, uh, thanks for being my call. So... My question is, I've been a Christian around five years, um, but my church says that you need to know the exact place that you got saved, and it concerns me that I don't know the exact place that I got saved, and um, I've recently, you know, put my trust in Jesus, uh, you know, very, very recently, and remembered the place I was at, but... Does that mean I wasn't a Christian like five years ago? I'm just concerned about that and just wanted you guys' opinion. Well, James, I can tell you knowing where you were saved is not a condition of your salvation. The fact that you know Jesus Christ is Savior is what carries you through. Now, a lot of people do remember when they came to Christ. For example, I was 14 years old. Um, with I was at the Salvation Army at the time, and uh, uh, one of the visiting evangelist had come through and he was preaching that night and the words that he said resonated within my soul uh, because of the power of the Holy Spirit and so I gave my life to the Lord that night now I can't remember the exact date but I can tell you I was 14 years old and I can tell you where it happened Alex I think that you also have a similar experience yeah and and by the way God bless you brother if if you've put your faith in Jesus and and you may not remember all the details but if you have trusted Christ 1 John 5 verse 1 says whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God uh Jim when I was youth pastor and children's minister we used to sing it was on a Monday do you remember that yep and it was on a Sunday, I was redeemed. But there was another verse we would sing, it was on a someday, because mm-hmm. some people don't remember the day. I'll tell you somebody that was a great Christian leader was W.A. Criswell. He was pastor of First Baptist in Dallas, Texas. Uh, amazing, mighty man of God in the 20th century, W.A. Criswell. I read his biography. He didn't know when he was saved, but he was definitely saved. Um, let me just say this. Uh, 
in America, we have had a lot of people that have had these dramatic Damascus Road testimonies, and that's that's wonderful. But um, I think also we need to give space for those who say, look, uh, I don't hardly remember when I wasn't a Christian. I grew mm. up in a Christian home, Christian you know environment. Um, Jim, I really the Lord Jesus got hold of my life when I was 21. I was in college through a Bible study. But you know what? Uh, when I was in second grade, uh, I got a little gospel tract, um, and there was a sinner's prayer, and I filled it in. And Angie and I came across this, moving some stuff, and in my little second-grade scrawl in, like, 1972, I filled in this little page, and it says, if this prayer expresses your heart, sign your name. Now, and I I remember that I I did believe that. Now, growing up in my teenage years, playing in bands, I was out there cursing and drinking and playing in rock and roll bands— was I saved in second grade or was I saved at 21 when I consciously absolutely turned my life over to Jesus? You know, I don't exactly know, but I know my life was changed at age 21. Um, but, brother, let me just say this. If you're a believer, you're a believer, and it's not so much when it happened, but it's that it happened. Mm-hmm. That's the absolute truth. Uh, James, a moment ago I said it was the evangelist that came through, and I had to get my hamster going on the hamster wheel in my brain. And I finally remembered it was E.C. Gould, Captain E.C. Gould was the preacher. And the Corps officers or pastors there were uh, Robert and Carol Bagley. And so that was a time in my life that they really did, not just the evangelist, but the everyday pastor made a, a huge difference and a huge investment in my life. The thing for you to do, brother, is to get in the Word of God. I'm not Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying anything against your church, sir, but you make sure that just like we've taught from John today, that it's the the voice and word of God that you're striving for. Merry Christmas, and thank you for for your question. Hey, Tim from Arkansas, good afternoon, sir, and welcome to the uh, Exploring the Word. Hey, thank you. Merry Christmas, guys. I appreciate your program, and uh, Mm. I was just driving the back roads of Arkansas, northwest Arkansas, getting to the airport, but wanted to say that you all convicted me with the Word of God so many times. I look to Washington and read politics, and boy, I want my will to be done more than anything. And then I forget we are really supposed to leave that up to the Father and have His will be done. And I I speak specifically toward um, the folks in the Justice, Justice Department that are refusing to prosecute and investigate um, pro-life uh uh, disturbances and violations and so forth, ban- vandalism. And I was listening to Jay, uh, Jay Christian Adams this morning on AFR, and he really spoke truth to power there. But I just wanted to say that um, let the Father's will be done if you're worried about politics and where our country's headed and not our own. So thank you. I, I appreciate it, and I'll listen to your comments. All right. Thanks, Tim. You. you know, Alex, it's one of those things that um, we talk about it that it's not the next president that's going to save our country. It's where the next president stands with the Lord Jesus and how much he allows Jesus to use him. Um, it's not going to be man that saves our country. It's going to have to be the Holy Spirit through revival. Amen. You know, um, I care about the USA. I love this country. It's home. America is home. And, Jim, I grieve when I see so much that goes on, and like the caller mentioned, injustices. Uh, but uh, we've got to remember that uh, ultimately God is providentially in control. He, he really is. And there is there are believers, there's the church, prayers for revival going up. And I, I think about ancient Israel. Tim Wildman and I were on a show earlier today talking about um, 500 years before the birth of Christ, uh, Israel went into captivity and slavery. The plan of salvation could have been derailed a hundred times, and yet, at the precise time Jesus came, salvation was paid for, and God's plans keep coming to fruition. And you know what? Um, the world, the flesh, and the devil can do whatever they do, but God's plan for our nation 
and this prayer for revival and the will of God in every believer, God's will will be done. And I think there's great comfort in that, Jim. Amen. I agree wholeheartedly. Let's talk to Benji now from Ohio. Benji, good afternoon. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Yes, sir. Um, I had a question. So I've had this addiction in my life. I won't say what it is, but I've had my addiction in my life for 17 years. And I, I hear other stories about how people will, you know, they'll accept Jesus or they'll pray about it for a long time, and then they'll just be delivered from whatever their addiction is, and they won't have any withdrawal or anything like that. And I've been praying to get rid of this addiction in my life for a very long time, and I just don't understand that if God loves me so much, why doesn't he deliver me from this addiction that I have like he has other folks? Hmm. May I say something? First of all, God bless you, and, and may God encourage you, because uh, for one thing, uh, you know, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 talks about being delivered from the sins which so easily beset us. And it seems like we all have a spiritual uh, Achilles heel. And so, brother, uh, don't think that you're alone. Uh, But let me say this. Psychologists tell us it takes 21 days to establish a new habit. I mean, it it really, to, to change and turn the corner in life, really takes repetition. But also, it takes accountability. And I would encourage you, uh, uh, repetition and replacement and accountability. All right, listen to this, what I mean by this. Uh, Understand that it it really does take a lot of commitment to uh, establish new habits. But Philippians 4 verse 8 says, If anything is good and true and noble and praiseworthy, think on these things. And the implication there is, Think on these things as opposed to other things. And you can't just have a vacuum in your life and say, I'm going to stop this. You've got to really replace the bad with something good. And I want to encourage you, whatever this addiction is, and that's between you and God, but it might be that you purposely, when you feel that temptation, do something different. I don't know if it's, you know, turn on the radio and listen to Charles Stanley or get in your Bible. Um, But you've got to replace one habit with a new habit, and then that new habit can become the default habit. But one more thing, accountability. Mm. And Jim, I think this is really good for men to be able to look eyeball to eyeball and say, hey, are you being true to your wife? Uh, Are you being true to the Lord? And so I want to encourage you, it might be out of your comfort zone, brother, but um, be in some context of accountability whereby uh, you're not walking this journey alone. Absolutely. One other thing, uh, Benji, it, I understand what you're saying, and I think sometimes the grass does look greener on the other side of the fence where the people have been delivered. Uh, sometimes, and I'm not saying this is the case with you, uh, God al- allows us to be to have the thorn in the flesh, per se, as uh, Peter, or pardon me, as Paul did, Second Corinthians twelve seven says, "So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited." But I absolutely agree with everything that Alex said. We do have to be accountable, and if you will get a brother who you can trust, who you can give permission to call you on this who you can call when you feel the addiction tempting you, uh, who will come and help you do something different, then I wholeheartedly uh, suggest those things as well. Because, brother, it's not just up to you. It's going to take the help of those around you as well. But by and large, it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit, as Alex mentioned, rooting yourself in God's Word. Thanks for the call. We'll be praying for you, my brother. Robert, calling from Mississippi. Good afternoon. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you. Thank you. This is this is huge for me. <laughs> I listen to you guys every day. Bless well, brother, you. you're very kind. What's your question this afternoon? Okay, uh, I've I've been a Christian my whole life, but I've only started taking it very seriously at forty, and I just turned forty-one, and I'm 
I think my worship is not where it should be because I'm so confused about the Trinity. And it makes me feel like I'm, I want to make sure I'm worshiping God the proper way. And it's hard for me to accept the Trinity because, I'm, you know, when it says that Jesus went to heaven and sat on the right hand of God, you know, I, it makes me ask, like, how can they be the same person? Mm-hmm. Uh, great question. Hey, by the way, I've got an article that I wrote uh, called Bible Facts About the Trinity. And uh, we did this several years ago, but I'm going to email that to Brent Austin. And Jim, could we put this up on the Facebook page, my article? Um, we do our best to explain I know people. The- uh, yes. So I'm going to send this article. Now, give me give me a few hours, but I'm going to put this article up, and I'll send it. The other thing is, in our 100 Questions book, it's in there. But l- let me say, interestingly, when we say that Jesus sat on the right hand of God the Father, we're not saying that the Father and the Son are the same person. Now, this is where it gets really deep, and I, I, I certainly won't adequately do it justice in the context of these few seconds, but... The nature of God, the essence of God, God, there's one God, one God. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. But somehow within that one nature, there are three centers of consciousness, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, they're not different, and yet... Uh, the Trinity, uh, and the word Trinity means three, okay, three but one, and this doesn't mean three different gods. And Jim, this is not a great illustration, but if you play a a chord on the piano, like a three-note chord, like a C-E-G, you'll hear one chord, but if you listen, you can hear those three distinctive notes. And in fact, a chord on the piano is called, interestingly enough, a triad. Isn't that something? So, uh, brother, I know it's deep, but uh, the Father and the Son and the Spirit are co-equal and yet distinctive in their personality within the Godhead. I, I don't understand it, but that's how the Bible reveals it, and we believe it. Amen. Thanks again for the call, Robert. We sure appreciate you listening. James, Philip, Edwin, and David. You guys send us your questions to word at AFR.net, word at AFR.net, and we'll try and work on those for you. Alex, thanks for letting me hang out. How about we do it again tomorrow, Jim? Sounds like a plan. Folks, have a great afternoon. Stay tuned to American Family Radio. Washington watches next. And as the gentlemen like to say, tell everybody about AFR and exploring the word. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. Have a great afternoon. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.